So welcome back to the Expert Edge. This is the start of a new series. We're going to dive deep into sales psychology. And so make sure you are subscribed in this first series. If you have got any sort of dissonance, any sort of resistance around selling, this session today is going to be hot for you. And I'm going to go deep into how to start being aware of what your resistances are, how to remove them, how to shift them, and the psychology of how the top people in the expert industry think about sales. So make sure you're subscribed and uh, I look forward to having this conversation with you. Let's get into it. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to do a really special series all around confident sales psychology. Uh, When it comes down to it, I know you obviously run a business and most probably you run a for-profit business. But the problem is, is if your business is not in profit, then... (laughs) It's not really for profit. Maybe you've got an intention of of running it for profit, but it's not really in profit. I know for me, when I first started my coaching business, I remember I had one client and he was paying me, I think it was $125. We were doing one session every other month or so. So basically I was earning you know, about $75 or so or whatever it was, $125 or something a month. And it was definitely not in profit. Uh, so I know what it's like to have a business that is really struggling. Now, if you struggle at all with selling, then this series is going to be for you. And if you know that maybe you've started to feel more comfortable with selling, but you just know there's just another level of you bringing greater certainty to your selling, then you are going to love this series. We're going to cover a few big topics at the moment. What I've got on the list is today we're going to be covering some advanced sales psychology, some of the the tools and methodologies that have really helped me to feel more confident selling and some of the tools that I share with my students. Uh, We're going to cover offer psychology. So how to actually view an offer or an offer, uh, you know, the thing that you basically sell people. How do you view an offer and what's the best psychology of viewing an offer called offer psychology? And then we're going to talk about seeing sales through an abundance mindset, because I think that when you come from a place of abundance, as opposed to scarcity, you create abundance. You create abundance in the possibility for your clients and your prospects and you create abundance in yourself. And I've seen the whole gamut of people and students when they come from scarcity, they create scarcity. When they come from abundance, they attract and create abundance. And so we're going to talk about all the things related to sales psychology. Now, one of the challenges I think when it comes to selling is that first of all, it can feel pretty uncomfortable. Can you remember what it feels like? I trust you can to sit in front of a prospect or maybe to be on a webinar or doing a video series or something and you move into the place where you make an offer. And I want you to notice what that feels like in you. I want you to notice how it experiences in your body, whether you feel excited, whether you feel uncomfortable, whether you feel unworthy, all that sort of stuff, because many of us, especially when we're just starting out and even along the journey, we feel really uncomfortable selling. Another challenge is that 
we don't want to take money from people. And that is one of the problems of, of when we view it as taking money from people, then that's going to cause a lot of dissonance, which we're going to talk about today as well. We want to feel like we're charging what we're worth. I, I talk to so many of my clients and friends and a lot of them will say, you know, I just, I'm not charging what I'm worth. So we're going to address that. And really, I think one of the biggest challenges is we have this fear of will things just spiral out of control and I lose all my income, all my money, and I'm left out on the streets, <laughs> right? We go down that rabbit hole. Have you ever gone that rabbit hole before? I know I have. Uh, so all of that, if you've got all those thoughts, I want you to know that that's normal, right? And so if you're walking along, listening to this or driving in the car, I want you to say to yourself, I'm normal. <laughs> just say out loud, I'm normal. Now, I'm Look, I know you're special, but you're also normal, right? It's normal to have those sort of things. And so the goal of this series is, first of all, I want you to feel more confident selling. I want you to feel like you sell and serve from a place of abundance as opposed to feeling scarcity or feeling fear. I want you to feel like you can actually charge what you're worth. You can charge more value-based pricing as opposed to, you know, like base level pricing. And my goal is for you to have higher revenue, to be able to serve more people, to make more money, to make the world go around more, and to create more abundance and more lifestyle and more choice in your life. And so I know for me, I've been on I've been on a journey from when I first started out, you know, selling one-on-one coaching as a life coach, all the way through to, you know, selling group coaching programs, masterminds, digital courses. Uh, I've sold keynotes, uh, workshops. You know, when I think about it, I've sold thousands and thousands of products and services. And so what I'm going to share with you over this series is not just knowledge. This is knowing. This is stuff that I've got within my DNA that I've had to work through, that I've had to go through in challenges. And I know for me, when I first started out, my first ever keynote, I was on the phone. It was for a director for uh, Hewlett Packard. And what happened was, the he said you know how much you, how much are you to speak at the conference and this was after i spoke at a free speaking engagement and my first ever paid speaking engagement was with hp and I, so I'm, so picture me i'm on the phone talking to this finance director and he asked me how much are you going to charge and i said $4000 now i said $4000 because first of all i thought hp you know, they're a pretty big company. And then my mentor at the time told me to charge $4,000 for a speaking engagement, right? So I just did what my mentor told me to do, which I think is really, really powerful knowledge. What I mean by that, it's a powerful practice. Many people try to reinvent the wheel too much. They try to get all fancy, right? If you're doing a program, like the, I think about my students, the students who actually go through my program and just follow the process see the best results. When you try to get all fancy and funky right at the start, you don't have the unconscious muscle or the, the insights, the nuances, the distinctions that come from doing something hundreds and thousands of times. And so the reason why if you're doing a program or a course someone says for you to do it, as long as they've got the credibility and they've got the experience behind them, just do what they tell you to do, right? You can always put your personality and profile and, and uniqueness and snowflakeness into it after. But my encouragement is just 
do what it says to do. Because when you do what it says to do, you usually get pretty good results. And so that's what I did, right? I said, I'm $4,000. Now, at the time, that, you know, you, I can imagine back when I'm, when I'm thinking back, my throat was, sorry, my stomach was in my throat. I was so nervous saying this. And I'm thinking he is going to hate this so much. Now, what ended up happening was the guy goes, oh, that's easy. <laughs> he literally didn't even batter an eye at it. And I, I soon found out that the reason why was because at this speaking engagement, which I didn't realize, there was five and a half thousand employees, <laughs> which is a whole nother conversation, right? So my first ever paid speaking engagement was to five and a half thousand employees. But in saying that, guys, I want you to know that, you know, like when I share that, it makes it feel like that was my first paid speaking engagement, which it was as a life coach. But previous to that, I'd done hundreds of hours of speaking at youth group at university, I, I'd actually worked as a learning and development, you know, kind of like they called me a learning development consultant, but I was a full-time employee working at a business and I was running trainings internally. Now, I wasn't necessarily selling anything on those trainings, but I was running trainings, right? I was, I was used to having the practice of being in front of people. And so I want to encourage you as you're on this journey, like know that it's a journey. It's a journey. But for me, asking for a fee was definitely, you know, it was, it, let's get thrown in the deep end. And so I got thrown into the deep end and I just went for it. And I just said, hey, I'm four grand. He didn't, didn't batter an eye. I spoke. They ended up being a client HP for like over 10 years. Well, I flew all around the country with them, all around the world actually, uh, with them. And it was just incredible. But it all started with me stepping up in spite of my fear and, and making an offer or you know, sharing a price, asking for the sale. Now, I think sales in general has got a really bad reputation. And I want to peel back through this series, the old beliefs, the, the dysfunctional beliefs that are occurring and continuing to keep you small in your business and your revenue and actually small in your service and your mission because it's directly attached to it and help you to really step up into that. And the reason why I'm passionate about this is because I love the topic of sales. Now, I don't love the topic of sales because that's a cool thing to be in and selling sales is a cool thing to do or you know, lots of people do it. I do it because I genuinely love the challenge that sales gives me. I genuinely love the experience of seeing clients commit to themselves when they say yes to an offer. I love the awareness that you have to have to be a good salesperson of the audience. You have to have this deep respect, this deep insight into what your audience really thinks and feels. You have to be in the hearts and minds of your audience. And if you think selling is some slimy, manipulative, you know, overbearing technique and thing that you do to someone you are completely seeing sales wrong from a deep integrity perspective. When you sell from a place of integrity, there is such a deep level of empathy, of insight, of mastery, of contribution and abundance that you must bring 
to the sales conversation if you want to do it well. And if you've experienced any sort of, you know, pushy sales, which we all have, you know what that's like to buy during a pushy sales conversation. And I want you to know that your audience and including yourself loves buying. We love buying stuff. Like, do you know what I love? Like, I love just sitting down sometimes and going, you know, I just want to buy something on Amazon. So I'll get on Amazon or like, I'll buy some, just the other day I bought some Nike tracksuit pants and some Nike shirts. And I'm like, I just love buying stuff, right? Like buying things is really enjoyable. And when you do it in a way where you are drawn to the offer and you're thinking, wow, this is great. I love this. This is great value. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. And that's what I want your audience to have of your programs. So let's go through a few principles. I've got four principles today for you to really understand and apply in your sales psychology to really start mastering it. So the first one is this, is that you need to expose your own dissonance. Now, what is what is cognitive dissonance? I remember learning this concept when I was at university. I actually studied, uh, I did a commerce degree, Bachelor of Commerce, and I studied marketing. Why? Because I thought marketing was a cool subject, right? I thought it would be cool. And I remember learning about cognitive dissonance, about post-buyer cognitive dissonance. And I was thinking, what on earth is that? But really what it is, is it's like this sense of dissatisfaction, this sense of incongruence about the decision that you just made. Now, what happens is that when it comes to selling, you have dissonance. Dissonance is like an irregularity. It's a, a lack of congruency. It's a lack of yeah connection, uh, resonance that you're experiencing in the sales process as the person who is selling, right? Now, I almost don't even like the word selling. I would love to actually replace it with attracting because great sales is about attracting an audience, not selling them on anything necessarily. Now, do you at some point have to make an offer? Do you at some point have to ask for a sale? Of course you do. And that is part of you emotionally getting past the fears that you might experience. But here's the thing. The thing is that if you have dissonance or resistance in the psychology of sales, good luck really growing your business. Because this is something that you must deal with if you want to actually grow a for-profit business. So I'm wondering what comes up for you. And you may even want to take note of this in your notes or anything like that. You might be running or whatever it is. But I want you to take note of this is that when, when I say this line, I want you to answer it. Selling for me is sales is about... When I sell, I feel. And I want you to kind of answer those things. Or what is the, essentially, what is the association, the uh, complex equivalence, they call it in NLP? It's this means that. So it's like sales is manipulative. Sales is icky. Sales is pushy. And so we've got all these ideas of what it is based around experiences and really based around fears of what we don't want it to be or what we don't want to represent for for the audience. Now, I totally can appreciate that. And in fact, I think it's really healthy to have some level of, you know, 
awareness that you don't want to be pushy. You don't want to be salesy. And when whenever people join our program, uh, Sell From Stage Academy, that's one of the biggest reasons that they said to me, they said, Colin, I just love your process because it doesn't feel pushy. I don't want to be salesy. I, I want to be attractive. I want to be magnetic. I want to be irresistible. And so I, that's the core basis I want you to come from when it comes to selling. But first of all, I just want you to get aware of what are you making sales mean to you? Or what is the resistance? If there was resistance that you're experiencing, what is the resistance that you're wanting to try to move away from? And what can be really helpful is even just to write that down, just to get aware of it and to be really clear on that. I know one of my students, uh, her name's Robin, and when she when she first joined our program, she actually joined when I ran the beta version of this. This was at the time of the recording over two years ago, and I ran the beta of it. And she sent she sent me in this testimonial, and she said, Colin, she said, Colin, when I first started your program, the academy, she said, I actually joined, and I didn't want to sell from stage. She was like, I just wanted to speak from stage. But she was like, but when I learned the process of what it meant to actually sell in a way that was irresistible as opposed to pushing an idea onto someone, she said it just kind of made sense. And the first speaking engagement she had, she used the process and she signed like six clients from it, six coaching clients. I can't remember what it represented, but it was it was well over $10,000. It's crazy, right? And And she was like, it actually works. And so for me, this was just so cool because she came in with some dissonance around selling and what selling was. And so the first shift I want you to make is this shift of of how you view selling or, or sorry, not even shifting anything, should I say. It's just simply getting aware of how you actually view sales already. And what are the fears that you have around it? And so how much have you worked on your sales dissonance? On a scale of one to 10, if 10 is like you've worked on it, you've identified it, you've become aware of it, or zero was you've never really even like practically really sat down and got aware of it. Where's it sitting right now? And I want to you to imagine how it would feel to feel fully congruent and aligned in your attraction process, in your sales process, in your sales methodology, and you felt fully aligned, fully convicted in it, notice, I want you to notice the possibilities of what that would open up for you. And as you do that, I've got a question for you, which is, can you commit to resolving this dissonance in you moving forward? Can you commit to that? So the first principle Well, the first idea is I want you to expose your own sales dissonance. All right. This is good. This is good. Well, I hope it is. The next point, the next principle, this is massive. This one for me is is huge, which is essentially how you view sales is I want you to attract, don't push. So what tends to happen is, you know, you've probably heard the concept of, of in in I I think it's called aikido aikido, uh, which is a certain type of karate, and essentially in aikido they use the power of the opposition against themselves, and basically it 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 essentially it's like it's like uh, 
open palm selling, essentially. And what it means is rather than using energy to push against someone, you allow the audience to be attracted to what you have to say and share and the ideas and their energy comes towards you as opposed to you pushing your energy towards them. Does that make sense? I just want you to understand the concept first is that when you think about your selling and whether it be you're selling on a webinar or a video or, or writing an email, I want you to realize that you need to understand your audience so deeply and we use a process called the audience psychology map. But essentially for you, what I want you to start with is, is I want you to think about understanding your audience so deeply that when you share your ideas, they go, wow, this person really gets me. And not only do they get me, they understand where I want to go. They understand my future. They understand what I want to achieve. And they're also showing me that that's possible. And when you do that, you actually attract people. You're a magnet as opposed to repelling people. Now, when you get this wrong, it's kind of like I remember the other day, one of my son, uh, one of my son, my only son, <laughs> one of my kids, my son has a, uh, he's got this like little science set. And we were playing with the magnets and how you turn a magnet upside down and, and it, it pushes against itself, like energetically, it pushes away and then you turn it the right way and it sucks directly, you know, together. You get it, right? And that's, that's the difference between selling in an attractive way, in what I call an irresistible way. And we use, we use infusion selling to do that. But, but this concept of, of don't push your ideas onto someone attract people into the possibilities of what you can help them with. And so there is a right and a wrong way to do this. And you've probably experienced times where people have been very pushy, very like salesy, and you don't want to be like that. And this is the problem is, is, is if you, if your style is salesy, first of all, you will get clients so one of the spectrums that I take people through is the conversion quadrant, which essentially puts people in one of four areas, which is they're entertaining in their selling, they're dabbling in their selling, or they're demanding in their selling. And those three things are kind of where people start. And people never want to be demanding. But the problem is with that is that demanding people actually tend to get sales. But then the second flow on effect of that is that they end up getting a bad reputation. And if you want to have any sort of long-term success in this industry, you, you don't want a reputation of just being an absolute sales, you know, a, like a salesperson pushing sales all the time. And so the goal is to be irresistible, which is an attraction type of a space. And so when you respectfully and deeply understand your audience and you communicate them in, communicate to them in a way that makes sense and shows that you understand them, you can help them, that is an attraction equation. And so what tends to happen is my goal for my students and my goal for my, whenever we're launching or promoting, is I want to see people writing comments where they're like, how on earth can we get in your program? Like, in other words, they are moving towards me faster than I'm moving towards them. And if I'm starting to see those comments, it was really cool. We've got one of our students, her name's Tony. 
And she was talking about, uh, she said that she used infusion selling a little while ago on one of her challenges. And she said the first time ever, I had people asking to join my program before I'd even pitched it. And that to me is a great example. It's a great indicator that you are doing it the right way. In other words, you're attracting as opposed to pushing. So my question is, do you feel like you're still pushing? when you're selling? Or do you genuinely feel like you, you're creating that attraction, that magnetic, or are you somewhere in between? And I want you to consider, imagine you actually started really having attraction in how you spoke, how you communicated, how you message think. How would that feel? What possibilities would that open up for you if you truly were attracting people into and they were moving faster than you? And so my ask is this, is can you commit to creating attraction? Can you commit to being someone who creates attraction in what they do as opposed to pushing? That's my second ask for you today. Now, so the the second point was attract, don't push. The third point is this, is when you sell, you open the doorway to serve. And this is one of the foundations whenever my students start with, with our program is to understand that selling at its core is actually the doorway to serving. Because have a think about this. You can't truly serve an, your audience. I mean, at a, at a great level, at a deep level, until they actually buy your offer. Now, you can you can help them with little bits here and there you can give them you know a bunch of information but the truth is that no one is going to actually take real action until they make a transaction with you and so when you think about your audience right now you've got this group of people who you who are your prospects right or your greater audience and then you've got a group of people who are your clients and i want you to think about who in those two groups do you see the best results from? From prospects who are like randomly downloading cheat sheets and things like that, or from clients who are transacting with you and going through your full process. Where are you going to see the best results? Of course, it's with your clients. Like it's, it's not a true question, right? But what I'm saying here is that the greatest level of service can only occur once the clients or the prospects comes through the doorway of your offer. Or in other words, you can't serve someone truly until you sell to them. Now, when I say sell, I mean make an offer that they commit to themselves. You're not pushing anything onto them. Does that make sense? And so it's great to be altruistic and to have all these ideals of going, you know what? I just want to contribute. I just want to give. I just want to serve. And that's all great. But the truth is, is that if you don't get good at selling in the right way, in the way that you want to build a reputation for yourself and be known in the market for, if you don't get good at selling, you can't do all of those altruistic service-based intention things. I want you to realize that this is so powerful because this is why learning how to sell the right way 
is so important because first of all, I know you want a long-term business. You want a long-term reputation, right? And to do that, you need to be able to sell properly and sell in an attraction way. But on top of that, you can't serve people until you sell them into your offer. And creating this offer, which we're going to talk about in the next podcast. So make sure you're subscribed, by the way, because we're going to go deep into offer psychology. It's going to blow your mind. And when you think about selling as serving, this doorway is transformational. One of our students, her name's Emma, she talked about that when she made this shift from selling as serving, it fundamentally changed how she saw her offers on her webinars. And I remember her journey from, I think she did it like, you know, thousand dollars or so on one of her first webinars. And then she did a, it was like a $3,000 webinar. And then she went all the way up to $10,000 on her third webinar. And it was so cool that she did over $10,000 in her third webinar try. But this was the thing is like she said, one of the biggest shifts was I just, I just really started seeing my selling as a part of my service, as opposed to taking something from someone or ripping someone off or anything like that, that we have all these hangups around selling. Now, obviously you have to have an integrate offer. You have to have an offer that you're proud of, that you love, and you genuinely care about your audience. So, you know, that's a that's a basis. But really, when it comes down to it, selling is the doorway through which you serve. So that's the third big idea. I trust this is valuable. And the fourth big idea is this, this is the final big idea. And this is, this is huge. And this is starting to shift your thinking around money and what it means to ask for money in your office is that the transaction is crucial to the client transformation. One of my good buddies, uh, James Wedmore, uh, I, I got this from him, which was, he once said one time, which I just thought it was brilliant. It said, the transformation is in the transaction. Well, I, I think part of the transformation is in the transaction. I think a good part of the transformation is in the transaction. I'll give you an example of this. Imagine I had a PDF, right? With a sales process that you could use to sell on on social, right? And it was it was a structure of how to do it to sell on social media, right? Imagine I had some sort of thing like that. And I said, it's $37. Now, how how motivated would you be to implement that? Like on a scale of one to 10, like give me just first number that comes up. For me, what came up was two, <laughs> like out of 10, right? If I paid $37 or something, I might open it. I might have a quick read of it. But if it's any longer than like two or three pages, four pages, I'm probably not gonna be highly motivated. Now, imagine that same PDF, the exact same PDF, was $3,700. I said that this process I'm about to share with you is worth, it's worth $100,000. In fact, it's added $100,000 of revenue to our business this year. And I'm gonna give it to you for $3,700. And you were like, okay, I'm ready. And you paid $3,700. On a scale of one to 10 now, how motivated would you be to implement that? For me, I had a nine that came up. Now, the content, hasn't changed. Do you know what changed? The size of the transaction. And so what I'm saying here, and you just experienced it then, is that the transaction is the fuel for the transformation to occur. In other words, people aren't going to do anything with your process until they start paying for it. This is huge. People aren't going to start doing anything with your processes until, excuse me, they start paying for it. And it doesn't have to be a huge amount, but the more they pay as a generalization, the more committed they are to the process. I know for me, moving to the US, when I hired an international immigration consultant 
and an international business consultant, international lawyer, international accountant. I hired these people. I put money on the table. I went from dabbling in making a transition from living in Australia to living in the US and running businesses from the US. I made a transition from dabbling to being an implementer. And for me, I dabbled for over two years trying to work it out myself, just researching. And then I decided to make a transaction And very quickly, I just followed the process and very quickly, we were living in the US. Now, the reason why I say that is that if you feel uncomfortable asking for money as a part of, and and I'm not saying how much you have to ask for. I'm just saying, if you feel uncomfortable asking for any money from someone for your offer, you're actually ripping them off if you don't ask for money. You are ripping your audience off if you don't ask for money. Now, when you ask for money, it does cause a barrier. In other words, not everyone is going to be able to afford it, but that is part of sales. Your offer is not for everyone. My program is not for everyone. For the people who it is for, those people are going to see incredible results. And so what I want you to realize is that when you put an amount on it, yes, it does exclude people from it. But this is the thing, is that the people that you're excluding from it, they're not going to get results anyway, because the offer is probably not for them. For the people who it does include and are willing to make that commitment and find and be resourceful and find the resource to join and commit, that's who your offer is for. They're the type of clients that you want to serve and help. And when you do that, that's when you actually see results. Does that make sense? And so, When you realize that the transaction is part of the transformation, you stop feeling bad about asking for money and start realizing that that is a very important part of the transformational process for the audience. And so we've been through a few processes and this is all part of the uh, sales psychology series. So make sure you're subscribed by the way. And if you haven't left a review, please leave a review. I'd love to hear what's been most valuable from this session. So we talked about exposing your dissonance. So getting really clear on what are the resistance pieces in your own mind that are stopping you from selling. Then we talked about attract, don't push. Make sure your methodology is attraction-based as opposed to pushing ideas onto people. Then we talked about the third principle, which was when you sell, you open the doorway to serving. And then the final principle was that money or the transaction is a very important part of the transformational process for the client. So don't rip them off from that. And so these four ideas are starting to lay the foundation for the next couple of episodes that we've got coming up on the Expert Edge. And so first of all, like I said, please subscribe, share it with a friend if you think this is valuable. And for those of you who are really serious about going to the next level, make sure to put your name down for the VIP waitlist of our Self From Stage Academy program, which goes into like a whole lot more detail and processes. But put yourself down on the wait list because it only opens up like a couple of days a year. And I don't want you to miss out and to at least see the offer and see what this space, this transformational space inside Self From Stage Academy could create for you. So if you're serious about that, make sure to put your name down on the wait list and you just simply go to sellfromstageacademy.com, sellfromstageacademy.com. The link will be in the show notes and just put your name down on the waitlist. So, hey, I hope this has been really valuable. I trust it has. We've covered four 
core principles of sales psychology. This is laying the foundation. And then next, we're going to get into offer psychology. And then we're going to get into the abundance of selling and how to view selling through abundance. So guys, I'm really excited about this series. Thank you so much. I don't take your time for granted. I hope you feel and appreciate that. That's why I really put a lot of effort into each episode and make sure that you get content that really makes an impact in your life. Bless you all. Look after yourself and we'll talk soon. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.